3: Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
2: Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
0: A Redwood Forest would be cool. Ski slopes!
2: Wait! Did
1: we just invent California?
0: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
1: This is KJ Live with Chris Johnson. And Chris is having conversations with influencers in the sports world and entertainment industry. Now here's Chris Johnson.
4: You're now tuned in to KJ Live. I'm your host, Chris Johnson, at Point Forward Pro on Twitter. Today's guest on the show is one of the highly regarded trainers in america has worked with several collegiate and nba and international ball players uh, one of the the top guys at what he does and his worked with Kawhi leonard kyle kuzma tony schnell and others clint parks what's up my man
5: it's okay jay thanks for having me on today bro. i appreciate it
4: Man, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show, man. You uh, you helped me kick this whole thing off last year, man. We was doing the March Madness, the lives, the coverage, the wall-to-wall NCAA tournament coverage.
2: Well, man. To
4: yeah, we definitely going to bring it back, man. It should be uh, extremely exciting. Clint, what you been up to, man? What you been up to lately?
5: Nothing. Just the same old, same old, just training and, you know, dealing with COVID like everybody else. Things aren't exactly like they were, obviously. They're trying to push back to more towards normal in that direction so that's been positive but you know just the basketball 24-7 you know how it goes just the life of a um just a basketball junkie
4: yeah and we talk about the life of a a basketball junkie man I know a lot of people out there kind of they have an idea about what that looks like but I kind of want you to tell us what that looks like from when you wake up in the morning to when you go to bed what does a typical day in the life of Clint Parks CPSA look like?
5: I mean, it's pretty much basketball from the time I wake up. Whether starting workouts, you know, um, with my young kids that are and on homeschool right now, and so got that during the day. And then when school gets out in the afternoon, the kids that are in regular school kind of transition with them, and and it's just going nonstop. Like and then like a night, like last night, you know, I have a game where I'll go to a Long Beach State game, watch one of my college kids play. Shout out to Long Beach State, Big West Conference champs. And so, um, yeah, so nice. I'm either I'm either training, um, going to a college game, going to a high school game, you know, or, or just going back to the gym at night. It's pretty much basketball consumes my life. And I mean, for some people, it's like find balance, do this. But I mean, this has always been this has always been my outlet, my thing. And I mean, it's a positive thing, too. So I love it.
4: Yeah. It seems like, you know, you're the type of guy that I know you've come to. Uh, when I was calling games, you came to a game at CSUN. I think it was a Sierra Canyon game, but you're the kind of guy that, you know, you really intently are watching the game. You're watching players. You're watching moves. You're watching coaches. You're watching pretty much everything in the game. How important is it for you to go to these games when you're training a player just to get a a better understanding or grasp of his game and what he needs to work on?
5: Oh, that's everything going to the game because you have to like, you have to see, okay, like what's working, what's not working. What tweaks we got to make when, when we're in workouts? Like, what do we need to emphasize more? What are we spending too much time on? Like, you know, the worst thing you could be is, you know, this is a hooper yourself, like, is a workout guy. If it don't translate to the game, if, if it's not like, if the work isn't translating to the game, then what are we doing? You know? Like, yeah. I don't, I, I, you know, nobody gets paid off the workout. Yeah. One well, on zero. <laughs> so these guys that look great in the workouts – uh, with nobody there or
4: in front of some cones, you know they 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 hitting every shot, they're making every play, making every cut. But you put a body out there a little bit of defense and a, and a couple of refs.
5: <laughs> the worst. It's the worst. It's the absolute worst. So I can't stand it. So I've always said like you got to be able to do it in the game and you know to be able to break it down, go to the game and see it, see what, you see what you're doing right, see what you're doing wrong. And it's like it's constant evolution from on their end and my end too. I'm still trying to get better. I'm still watching different guys. I'm watching workouts on the Internet. Yeah, I'm, I'm studying different players. I'm, I'm, I'm just constantly trying to learn, give myself, give my players that advantage.
4: We have, you know, a lot of a diverse variety of listeners that tune in to the show. Um, when you talk about a player that's a workout player or a practice player and and, the, and that player said player, has issues with translating stuff to the game. How do you, as a skill specialist, as a player development guru, how do, you, how do you implement a plan, a strategy for that player to become game ready, to not be the workout guy anymore? How do you go from a workout guy to a game, a game guy?
5: It's hard. but I think the thing I always try to focus on is that, you know, a lot of things that you can get off in a workout without, even if you have like dummy defense, like the defense is changing when the game starts, mm-hmm. so you know more aggressive defenders, physical defenders. I always tell kids, like tell guys at every level, you beat good defenders, you beat aggressive defenders by keeping it simple. They want you to dance, they want you to try to mix them and and try to go for the highlight. Like you're not really like against a sound defensive player, you're not really getting no highlight highlight off. Like you're not about to you're not about to just shake them something crazy. You're gonna have to like you're going to have to beat them with fundamentals, you know? And so that's what I always try to, that's why I preach, you know, keeping it simple basics so much because the game in the half court, um, especially in college, the floor is bogged down. There's no spacing. Um, so are you could be playing against some teams like um, Virginia who send five guys back in transition and they're just like, they might, they might have one guy go to the glass for um, offensive glass, so you're not really getting nothing in transition. Right. So your game really needs to be, you know, you need to be good in tight spaces. You need to be able to make shots. You need to be able to, you got to make open shots, and that's where it starts. And if you're constantly – a lot of guys that are good in the workout, like they're just getting all types of extra moves off. And then you got to – I mean, some guys just got a mental block. Like there's nothing – like some guys are just 330 shooters yeah you know yeah. P.m. and butter it yeah. gets 7 30 8 o'clock Woo! the yeah. pressure on the lights come on you know it's just a different type of anxiety they might get and it's just i mean it's hard to shake that it is
4: yeah my pop the great marcus johnson used to always kind of have a thing about that you know he always talked about when i was coming up you know players you know certain players excel Without refs, without the smell of popcorn in the arena, without fans in the stands, without the lights being on. Some guys, you know, they look all world with nobody in the gym. But you put a a body in front of them and an arm check and it's a whole nother story. Um, Staying on development, I wanted to get your opinion on first high school programs. In the Southern California area, which you have seen a lot of uh, as far as basketball is concerned, what do you consider the top two or three uh, high school basketball programs as far from a development standpoint, guys that go there and you know for a fact that coaches are working on a daily basis to get them guys better?
5: Dang, that's a tough
4: question. Would you say, okay, my thing, uh, sorry to interrupt you. So I think I like Corona Centennial. And what and what Josh Giles does over there, as far as how players go in and like you know, it seems like they work on a lot of stuff, and then by the time they leave, they're pretty doggone good basketball player. Um, is would you? Is there any other IE schools or maybe OC or any any programs uh, like that?
5: Yeah, those guys get better. They have um, they they have a good system set in place with his assistants, former players that are working with the guys as well. So you can see the um, emphasis on development from that standpoint. Um, I don't know how much Kleckner does with development, but I just know over the years, like his guys have they're, – um, they're usually college-ready defensively.
4: At Awanda, you know, yeah.
5: Yeah, at Awanda. They play hard, you know. Um, Reggie Morris has done a good job over the years developing guards, developing players, um, preparing them for college and helping them get on that track to the um, to the next level. Um um, Russell White was another one. He was really good um yes, over the years. You know, when he was at Crespi was obviously De'Anthony Melton and Brandon Williams in the NBA now as well. Um Dave Rabibo, he's um he's doing his thing at Harvard Westlake. Absolutely. You know. You know, Moose gets guys better. You know, um that Brent Wood, you're dealing with a different type of kid, but he does a good job coaching them up and, and developing the guy. I mean, there's so many coaches out here. I know I'm yeah. missing, stuff, but there's there's a lot of there's a lot of really good. I mean, um, I think in the Orange County, I'm not really an OC guy. Like I don't know. <laughs> the, oh, you're, don't not really, guy. <laughs> you're not an OC
4: guy. You're not an OC guy. I don't know the lay of the
5: land like that, you know. So I can't really speak to what um, over the years, you yeah. know, how the basketball is like, development wise.
4: When, like, when you were working with middle school kids. Uh, You work with a lot of them. Uh, You got some pretty good players and parents are coming to you uh, seeking out your advice for schools, you know, for programs or to continue their basketball and athletic journey on the next level. What factors in a program do you sort of take into account when you give advice to parents?
5: First thing is what level of player are you? You know, that's where the honesty has to start. Like, what are you – are you somebody that's going to play varsity as a freshman? Are you going to play JV? Are you going to play freshman? So we got to separate that right there. You know, so say you're a varsity player. So everybody pretty much knows me. If you're a kid that's going to be playing varsity as a freshman, I'm going where I'm going to have a role, big role, preferably the ball in hands, and be able to play through mistakes and um, learn on the floor. Because you get better, um, like – Developing and training is like this. Is like that's my livelihood, right? But the most important piece to development is live reps. I'm no dummy, you know. Like we could drill, workout all day, but okay. if you don't get no live reps, you're not in a situation where you can play through mistakes. Then your development is going to be stunted. right okay. And so that's like okay. How does the coach play? Um, what's his style of play? What's his um? What's his mo? How is he? you know um with um young players does he have a does he feel comfortable playing young guards or is he like oh is he like the guy like oh i i got to give my seniors you know yeah like you got you got you got to ask honest you you got to really evaluate the situation um evaluate the style of play all of that and yeah. you got to be honest like i'm always honest with coaches up front. like what i what what i'm expecting like okay you tell me what you're expecting where you're at like, I don't want there to be no surprise. I always tell people, I'm not a little kid. I don't like surprises. Yeah, don't surprise me yeah. with nothing mid-season because then I'm going to be an issue.
4: <laughs>
5: if you told me one thing, and you're doing another it's thing. A problem. It's a problem. <laughs> I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like if I, if I if I'm like, you know what you're going to get from me. So but that's what.
4: No, I didn't mean to cut you off. But on the same hand, on token Clint, like you know, coaches, especially on the high school level. I mean, you promise kids anything as far as playing time, it becomes problematic because there's a lot of dynamics and factors that could change between that day and by the time practice, to go through through summer league and, and, you know, fall practice and all that. The kid may just not be good enough. And so, you know, we didn't know that. We thought he was good enough before you got us. You gassed us up telling us he was this and that. And and real quick, he turned out not to be like that. Now you're giving me problems because I'm not playing him. How does that work, bro?
5: But I don't see. I can't relate to that because I don't gas.
4: Oh, mm-hmm.
5: I don't gas up because that's when you gas up. Then you run into that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't gas. If you don't gas on the front end, then you're not getting, you know, like Larry Shia used to tell me all the time. undersell, sell, uh, under promise, over deliver. You know, don't pro- don't promise more than you can deliver. Like if you're just honest and straightforward, like from the jump street, then there's no issues. Yeah. Like, I remember years ago, I had Jeremy Lieberman. He and the kid played Calabasas, Wyoming. He was good. At, we had went to Crespi, and I took him, like, he was in eighth grade, and they had London. They had they already had, like, London Perrantes there. I don't know if he was – I think he was, like, a grade older. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Russ just told me what it was. Like, would love to have him, you know, but I got a point guard a year ahead of him. Like, so – he going rock with him. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's going to have to play behind him and learn. And, like, I I was like, damn, you know, but I respected that because Russ was real with me. And so I was like, okay, we're going to Calabasas. Like, it's not, this is not, and me and Russ remained cool, you know, the past, this is 12 years ago. We remained cool all that time. But just that little bit of honesty and letting me know exactly what it was and where he was went a long way. It saved a friendship, possibly, like, you know, like it saved a lot of drama in the middle because you up front. And that's all you can
4: ask. Yeah. No, communication is key, man. It's, it, it's the everything. key to, to everything, dog. And if somebody keeps it real with you from jump and there are no surprises, I mean, you're going to handle it a lot better. I mean, you knew what it was. Yeah,
5: that's, you might not like it, but it's like you got to revert back to, okay, this is what he said it was going to be.
4: And it's, it's amazing to when you, you know, hear all the stories about how, how many parents and people go through those issues with coaches and how many people have that situation where they were, promised something and it didn't happen but but staying on that topic sort of this you know the the grassroots dynamics and drama of, of, of the high school era how do you think yeah you're out here in LA we have a couple of high profile programs some of the players on those programs are pretty high profile in their own right millions of followers on social media you know big time type guys how do you think this Generation of Southern California Hoopers handles all the attention. The fact that these guys are now signing NIL deals in high school. You got guys, you know, beats by Dre and LeBron's son and, you know, these guys out here in Sierra Canyon and all that. How do you think this the generation, the mindset today of this generation handles all of what we would have considered extras back in the day?
5: I mean, I think they do a pretty good job as a whole you know there's some that are a little more loose than others it's just hard like you know we probably would all you know i tell people i said i probably would be tripping out a little bit if i was going through that myself getting some of that like all the extras that these kids have coming their way um because of their talent right you know and i think it's just i think the ones that deal with the best are the ones that have people around them that are helped to be able to help them um uh, filter what's real and what's not and at the same time stay level-headed
4: and I'm starting to feel like this generation is is was born to be able to handle extras better than us. When you think about my kids, you know they had iPhones when they were five, six years old, seven years old. So they've been technology based from jump. So I can't sit there with my old school thinking, you know, hey, get off your phone, you know, don't be looking at your phone before practice. No, I mean, if he's gonna look at his phone, it's fine because it doesn't take him out of his lock in because that is who they are. I think. You find in our culture, you got the old heads versus the young heads. And you got the kind of the old way of doing it and these old sort of ideologies about basketball. I think it's time sure. to start to put things into context and accept the generation for who they are and understand that they can't do it like us. And we couldn't have did it like them.
5: No, that's true. You're exactly right. You know, you're exactly right. You know, some old heads are going to be stuck in their ways. I think the old head problem is, is when. You know, you're caught up in the extras, so to speak, and then the game isn't the game isn't matching up with the extras. You know, yeah. that really irks a lot of old heads. Like a lot of old heads, like that are that understand both sides. They're like, I get it, because they had some extras to them too. They was just different extras back in the day. It wasn't yeah. like they was to on no extras. The extras just changed.
4: Yeah. So yeah. It was,
5: it's like, okay, the extras are shot. Shine- We're talking about your extras more than your game. You know, that's when the old heads get beefy. Yeah. Like, okay, so now you're not really, you're out there like you don't really love the game, you know. Yeah. It's like the old like Rodman. Who was more extra than Rodman? Right. But you knew Rodman when the game when the game hit. You know, he was twenty rebounds, and yeah. he was hard. He was playing defense the whole nine. A lot of these dudes, they get the they get the fame or whatever, and then it's just extras. Yeah. Then it's the game not looking the same, and then it's like okay that's that that's where the disconnect is like come on now
1: fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app search fsr to listen live there's
0: no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you coming
6: visit paramountplus.com slash the shot to get a 50% discount off the paramount plus with showtime annual plan offer ends July 14th subscription auto renews restrictions apply
3: live nation presents concert week now through May 14th get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows that's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage Alanis Morissette cage the elephant Celeste Barber Dirk Bentley fade Hootie and the Blowfish Janet Jackson kids Bop kids Megan Trainer, Fistle Sarah McLaughlin
1: Yeah, no, it's a
4: disconnect. But I also think that overwhelmingly old heads have, I guess I call it jealousy, envy towards the younger generation because you know, of the attention and, and, and the the level of ease it seems like things are given and handed. And, and that not, might not be the case. It's like, we act like these kids, old heads act like these kids aren't working hard, aren't busting their ass, didn't have the same goals, aren't getting up at five. And Some of them are getting up at five in the morning. You know, they're doing the same thing. They just got cell phones and it's on social media. Now they get the twins.
5: Old heads just want their flowers. That's it. They just, they just want their, you. Pay, they just want to hear the, the young heads say, man, you know, you paved the way for us to get this big bag.
4: Hey, even if you don't need it, just say it.
5: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They just want their respect. That's, that's it good. because the money the money is so much different now. Yeah. And so, you know, like you look yeah. up and you're like, man, I was so much better than what we're seeing now. And so they're like, man, like we, we paved the way for y'all to get this money. And so when they feel like they're not respected, that's why you see like um, so many of the young dudes love Bubba Chuck, Iverson so much because Iverson shows so much love. To the yet to this generation of Hooper, yeah, like he yeah. always just so loved to where you see Oakley get on the uh, on the podcast <laughs> and he like Giannis well, is weak. was <laughs> well, well, like uh,
4: let's touch on that. Let's touch on that. So Oakley said, Giannis, if Giannis played back in the 80s and 90s in that era, he'd be a role player, a bench guy. He would be MVP, a star. Now, I have a thought process behind it, and I want you to hear me out. Oakley's talking about the physicality of the game. Now, when whenever we discuss physical and skill, the conversation always gets uh, murky. I would call it murky because people don't want to ever acknowledge or address the actual consequences and effects of physical play of 80s, 90s physical play. Clint nowadays. It's it's refs. It's people. It's video reviews. It's all type of stuff that you cannot do that you're going to be busted with. And and this is a valid point. There was a time, believe it or not, this is to the audience, the younger members of the audience. There was a time when basketball was played by guys that was trying to hurt you, the guys that would go out and do things purposely to hurt you. And there really wasn't much you could do about it, but try to finish the game in fear This is what Oakley's referring to. He's challenging the manhood of Giannis. He's saying Giannis as a man, as the kid that grew up in Greece selling gum on the street, is not tough enough to handle the 80s and 90s. Clint, I want your thoughts on that.
5: You see what Giannis looks like right now? Giannis is going straight down to the block, and he's doing the same thing that he's doing now. Like Isaiah Thomas said, okay, you're going to foul him really hard. You're going to hit him. Right. Okay. Now, now, what else are you going to do? But
4: what? what how game? do we? How do we know what happens after he gets fouled? How, is he going to respond to Oakley the same way he's responding to these dudes nowadays, Maxi Klobler and all these dudes? Is he? Are you going to respond? I mean, is that? I think that's that, that's my point, Clint. Oakley is is banking all his whole statement on the fact that he, him and his dudes back then are going to punk, Giannis. They're going to punk him. Not Everybody. not.
5: They might punk him a bit. Like when he first gets into the league. Like it might've been like, he might yeah. struggle.
4: Yeah, that's over what time. I
5: said. This development that he's shown over time. Come on, same,
4: same way. Same way.
5: You're on that perimeter, Oakley, and you're going to to move those puppies and they're not going to be working like that. And yo, that.
4: So my thing, so I made he's that little, fighting. so I said that whole thing to say, I still believe even regardless of getting punked anything, Giannis will be like a 26, 27 and like a eight, 17, 18 guy. I feel like Giannis was built for the '80s and '90s. The his bur- his style, his bruising, just linebacker. I'm going through you style, and then eating glass in, in a in an era where you know rebounds were a lot higher because of the nature of the game. I think that he would have dominated, uh, to be quite frank. But you make a great point. He would have got used to it, just like we remember. We saw Giannis when he first got into the league. He was a little, you know, fresh face and, and wide eyed, but then he he figured it out pretty quickly. Um, yeah, that's an interesting deal. Moving on to the college game, brother. What do you think about the transfer po- portal and, and, and what it's done to college recruiting is the high school senior now irrelevant or, or what?
5: Um, the high school senior that's special is never going to go out of style as we know, Facts. and it goes back to the tiers. the high school senior. That's like on the, on the cusp of maybe getting a deal. He they're they're kind of like phasing away from him they they're like, Oh, we could go, we could go to the portal and use that scholarship. A sure, shot. So, Yep. So with the portal, so what the portal has brought on like a whole new issue for high school kids. Cause now it's like coaches are um, coaches are under pressure to win now. Obviously there's not really time for development. So if you, if you got, if your administration's on you, on you, on you, you're going for the kid that's 21, 22 over the kid that's 17, 18. You hear nonstop. What's the key to college basketball? Get old, stay old. You know, and so therefore, it's like if you're coming in 17, 18, you better be special. Obviously, your Chet Holmgren's, your Jabari Smiths, your Paolo Banqueros, like those three freshmen like right there, like, that you hear about all season, like they're gonna go go in and play wherever they go. Yeah. But that's not the case for every freshman, you know, and there's a there's a learning curve. And then some coaches don't like playing freshmen. So the portal is like, okay, let's go get somebody who's been in college three years. He might want to move up or he might want to move down or whatever it may be. And now it's like the young guy, okay, well, we don't got time for you right now. We, we got to win. My AD says I got to win now or I'm losing my job. So I'm going to trust a dude who's older, who's more seasoned. So it's hard for the high school senior right now. It's, it's stressful for some good high school seniors too. And I don't necessarily agree with it because I've said this over and over again, that portal, that portal is getting a lot of coaches in trouble too. Cause a lot of these guys are leaving, bouncing around three schools. And it's like, you've been average to, you've been below average at every stop. Like just cause you're in the portal, everything that glitters isn't gold. I say it all the time. There's a lot of bad goods in that portal. Wow. Buyer beware. <laughs> So so, I would think
4: that when you trickle, it trickles down now to the guys back in the, like back in my day, like, you know, I got a scholarship, Tremaine Folks got a scholarship on our Crenshaw team. It was our, we were basically the top two players, but then four other guys got scholarships too. We probably won't see those days. Unless everybody's just super raw or at a prep school type situation, where a regular high school, like you know, a regular high school, Sierra Canyon, you have to be in an elite level high school. But you won't see the days of of guys getting those scholarships that if you weren't the man on your team because of, I guess the uh, the super senior or the the top guy now being kind of rendered irrelevant because of the coaching preference. That that's that's kind of a an interesting deal. It kind of crushes your. You know, I remember, you know, when you, when you went to high school, you know, you had these dreams and aspirations of going D1. D1 was everything and D or D2 or D3 or college basketball was everything. And now it sounds like a lot of guys won't get that opportunity. When do you think at what moment do you think like this emphasis shifted? I mean, because even before the transfer portal became a thing, coaches were already kind of leaning towards getting older as it was.
5: Coaches don't want to develop. Development takes time. Uh. If you're trying to get somebody better. You're saying, okay, he's here, but I could take him here. So in between is all the work you got to do. You got to have managers that are dedicated. You got to have because you because you have an hour limit on how much you can work with guys. So Eric Musselman's kind of like mastered it. He goes out and he gets like high, high level um, grad assistants, managers, guys that can be on the floor unlimited with the players. And so they're they're basically your eyes and ears, working your guys out, getting your guys better, pounding them every day. Boom, boom, boom. This is what you need to be working on. And so to develop, if you're at a mid major or you're say you're at a, um, a low major, like now you're trying to you develop a guy, and now the now the high major is just going to come in and cherry pick and say, oh, we want you now. We didn't want you in high school. You are weak, but you're a late. You're blooper. good now. You're good now. You're good now. So yet yeah, we're rocking with you, and a lot of people will fall for that. Yeah.
4: Who do you think are some of the best outside of in Arkansas? Uh, some of the best development programs in
5: college basketball. In college basketball, dang, development, best development programs.
4: Would you consider Kentucky? Would you consider Kentucky a good development
5: program? When Kenny Payne was there, I would. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about Duke? Duke. I mean, yeah, their guys, their guys get better. I mean, I mean, their guys get better. Like, their guys get better. I'm not a Duke guy, but they get better.
4: I think I – think, uh, what do you think about Kansas as a development program?
5: I mean, it's – I liked it when, I mean, Danny Manning was there. Like, all the posts, all the three-fours, the footwork was going crazy, the Morris twins, all those dudes, you know, over the years. You know, some of these – people forget how important it is to have high-level assistant coaches. Right. Right. You know, you see there's good development in the Mountain West. You look at, like, what's going on at, like, Wyoming, my old school. Obviously, like, Coach Linder's done a good job. San Diego State, Fisher and Desher have done a good job over the years. Colorado State, Nico, Medved, Leon Rice. That's a conference I'm really familiar with and I follow a lot. So, you know, there's there's good schools in the pack. So there's good schools everywhere. It's just understanding. I always say, like, you really got to do your homework. All the answers to the tests are out there. You just got to really lock in and study it. Yeah.
4: Kind of ask questions. Do your own research. Start trying to figure some things out.
5: Go to practices. I like to go to practices. Okay, what are we working on? And I'm not just going to one practice. And I like pulling up unannounced. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, you already know I'm coming for weeks or days at a time. you you going to dress it up nice. Yeah. you going to dress it up nice. Like, no, I, I want to know what it looks like on a daily basis in here. Yeah. i watching, like, you've been there three, four years. Like, I don't want to just hear, oh, the kid don't want it. He don't want it. He don't – nah, this is your job. You signed him. Your job is to get him better. He don't want it not good enough. Like, no, you got to get him better. And so, guys that have been three three years, four years at a place and haven't improved, like, that's never a good look.
4: Yeah. what What do you think is the most – I guess, successful methods when it comes to getting a guy better on the collegiate level? Is it emphasis on shooting? Is it an emphasis on conditioning? Is it an emphasis on ball handling? I mean, what do you think is the most important skill set for a guy to improve upon? And again, it depends on who you are. But just universally speaking, yeah, talk to me.
5: Starts with the jader. Yes, sir. Starts with it. Like, that opens up everything. And it's really like, it's like a, it's like a, it's, um, the San Antonio Spurs used to use this, they probably still do, but it's like daily vitamins.
4: Mm.
5: Like, you got to take them every day
4: Yeah, your for daily, them to work. Yeah.
5: yeah. You know, yeah. And they got to take them every day for them to work. So yeah. it's like, that's like the approach with like skill development. Yeah. Okay. 20 minutes before practice, 30 minutes before practice on the floor, 30 minutes after. Now that, I, that you come back 30 minutes or 45 minutes at night, But you're there before practice, after practice, 20 minutes. Now you got 40 minutes of work in individually. Yeah. And you you stack that up five days, six days. Like you keep doing that, doing that, doing that. Like you're going to see the progression over time. Yeah. I always tell my guys, please don't be the guy who shows up right before practice, running in, tying his shoes, and rushing on the court right before the huddle starts. And don't be the guy who's sprinting to the door right when the practice ends. Oh, I'm out. Like, don't be the, don't don't be that person. And there's a lot of players that are like that, and there's a lot of coaches that are like that. And when you're like that, you're really gonna have a hard time improving the way you want to improve, or the yeah. way your people might want you to improve. Mm-hmm. So I'm always off. I'm always on track record. I'm always on track record. How are you talking? Like, are you giving me the are you giving me the um, the, biz, the 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 um, the the car salesman development speech? Like, no, nah, I'm not rolling with that. That sounds what
4: does what, what the car, car salesman development speech sound like? Just give me an example. I'm the, I'm the guy. Give it to me.
5: Oh, we love the gym. We just, we're just we big on being in the gym. We're a huge development program. Like, no, stop.
4: stop. <laughs> we're big on being in the gym.
5: Yeah, we're not like, stop. Stop. Like, no. Haven't seen you guys. Haven't seen one player come in and leave completely different. Haven't seen you guys take a no star or, under, or, or lowly rated player and put him on the, NBA, on, on the NBA, NBA draft radar. Haven't seen any of that. Like, I need to see that, bro. If, I'm, if we're saying a kid, if I'm thinking this kid's NBA, like, what are, your, what are your credentials? Like, who have you developed and brought up for me to be like, okay, like, he's done this. Yeah. And some people, you know, they got to, like, just, just like when I started, people took a chance on me and you have given me an opportunity, you know? So there's some guys that are, like, hungry and motivated, You know, they're really going to be in there, you know, like pushing the kid, getting him in the gym, you know, making sure he's getting his work in in the morning, making sure he's in shape, all that stuff. Yeah. And so you have some of that, but you got to man, you got to love the gym coaches, players.
4: Yeah, you do Uh, both. On both sides of the spectrum, on the coach and the, and the player side, I remember being at UCLA in the in the mid '90s, uh, part of that program. And Lorenzo Romar was our development guy, along with Mark Gottfried. So they were the guys that would be playing one on one with us before practice. Then they'd be the the scout team during practice, and then we'd get three on three and other knockout situations after practice. So this is and you talk about two guys. I think Gottfried. Godfrey, you know he was really good at Alabama, so he shoot he could shoot it. Lorenzo Romar played in the league, lefty point guard, bouncy at the time, still banging out. You know it was like it was a it was a, it was it was it was a situation going on. But the reality was, Clint, we we when you have a coach that loves the gym in college as much as as you should. You have no choice but to get your ass into the gym. You have no choice because you know Coach Romar is gonna be there. And if you don't show up, it's like you looking bad now. And you know, it's it's speaking to your work ethic, to your dedication. This is back in the day where you know you didn't want to have MJ's
5: the, best the coaches, MJ's like, What's good? Like, why KJ not getting no burn? Man, Why's man. Burn like? you know man. he hollered at Lorenzo. like Zoe, come on. Like, this is, come on, what's going on? Like, oh, but <laughs> KJ's in the
4: gym, so it's
5: like, okay. He's working, he's getting better. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like that year. It makes you it easier. Back, you came back in great shape. Yeah. And you're being at a with your mom. It's like that type of stuff.
4: Yeah. And that's what it takes. I mean, that's what it takes to make that jump. But Clint, before college, right? When you're recruited and you're thinking about a school, and we want to talk about a fit for a school. How does one sort of discern or figure out a fit. Me personally, I'll just give you quick on my experience. I had a few schools, Washington State and Kelvin Sampson, Arizona State and Bill Frieder, Utah, Rick Majeris, Coach K and Duke wanted me to come through and walk on. And I had Cornell and UCLA were like my six opportunities that I was legitimately looking at. And I wasn't thinking fit back then. I was thinking legacy play. My dad went to UCLA. It's UCLA is right in the backyard, et cetera, et cetera. So I wanted to talk to you, though, just from a different lens and a different perspective. How do you view a fit for perspective, the right fit for a prospective uh, player going into college?
5: What level? It always starts to same. What level are you? OK, so you were, you were city section player of the year, right? Yeah. Oh, we had to be playing day one. Yeah. we have to be playing day one. Like, we just yeah. have to be. Yeah. Like, city section player of the year, like, that's like – like, especially at that time, that's like, okay, you're, you're to the league. Yeah. Like, he's going to be to the league eventually. So, we got to be on the floor. And so, my biggest thing, you probably see me tweet about it all the time. I, I kind of say it jokingly, but it's like roster evaluation 101. Like, I'm really breaking the roster down.
4: See, hey, that's key.
5: Not, my ego my ego is always to the side and i tell people this when Jaden was coming out mcdaniels um calipari was recruiting him right yeah and, was, and that was when i started like i started, started talking to coach cal and stuff and he like he's like such a like he'll kind of like debo you in making you feel like if you don't come here well you don't want to compete you're scared to compete like you have no competitive juices in you so, <laughs> this isn't the place for you anyway And so if you got your ego and your pride in the way, you'll be like, man, he's trying to make me feel like a sucker. Like I'm I'm afraid to bump. When it's like, no, it's not about that because you're a pro, you're trying to get to the league. So what is the best situation for you to get there? And nine times out of ten, a lot of people don't want to keep it all the way funky, but it's what is the best situation for you to get to the league and where can you go to get there as fast as possible? That's just being real. Yeah. Like, if you've got one-and-done talent, you're trying to be one-and-done. You're not trying to be two-and-done. Yeah. You feel like you're a one-and-done dude. And so you got to look at the roster. you got to see who's there, who's coming back, who ahead of you was told they were going to play and had to sit a year. And now now things may have cleared up a little bit. And so now they're thinking, okay, now this is my year to play. Mm. And so for you to jump all those guys, you're going to have to be Paulo Banqueiro, Chet, Jabari a real, Smith. A real one. Matter, it doesn't matter who they have, who they bring, who else is coming. Like, you're playing, <laughs> you're playing, and there's no doubt about it. And that's like, okay, being real about where you are as a player, yeah. But looking at the roster, you know, what I'm saying, do they have a need for me, like a real, real need, or do they just want me? Do they does the roster tell me they need me, you know. What I'm saying, the roster will tell you if they need you, yeah. You're a point guard, no point guards in the roster. You know what I'm saying? You're coming in. Program has point guard play has been shaky. You know, like okay, the coach needs a PG like really bad. Yeah. Okay, that's, you know you're somebody who can start. You know, coaches like your your game and your resume says that. There's two three point guards in the roster, and you're walking in telling yourself, "Nah, I'm different." <laughs> I'm all the time. Don't use that word. I'm different. Mm-mm. No. Dude, before you say he was different, too, and he had to sit on that bench for one, two years when, some, when there was multiple situations where he could have walked in and just got to the money.
4: Yeah. No, it's a process, man. And you really got to have people in your ear that know what the hell they're talking about, too. I think that's, big, that's a big issue today. With a lot of these these ball players and stuff, is that the people that surround them typically don't know what they're talking about, and a, there's a lot of bad advice. And a lot. The
5: most dangerous person is someone that doesn't know basketball but thinks they know basketball. Yeah,
4: that's a scary situation.
5: Aaron Davis tweeted a long time ago: "Be careful who you learn the game from."
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com.
6: Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime Annual Plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.
3: Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Sarah McLaughlin.
4: you'll take those you'll take those habits with you and you'll take that mindset with you throughout and you'll get around some real ones some real hoopers and it's like you're going to be feeling real silly and and kind of
5: embarrassing so you gotta you gotta these these parents these kids gotta study the roster yeah you have to because even if okay you come in and you're hooping like multiple people have multiple players have been there at your position already The coach is going to go with who he's comfortable with. And then if he goes with you and you're not playing well, and there's so many players, like, at your position, like, that they feel like, okay, well, we got to move off this dude. We gave him his shot. We got to go play the next dude. To where if you're that big fish in a small pond, usually, you know what I'm saying? I always tell people I'm giving them the game right now. I like, especially when you're talented. It was like Tony Snell in New Mexico. He Mm -hmm. was inconsistent. But you can't go get another Tony Snell in New Mexico. So you gotta ride with him through everything until he figures it all the way out. Yeah. But if he goes to Texas or some of the other schools that were recruiting him, that are big time schools, you get your shot. You're inconsistent like that, bro. We're off you. We got another McDonald's All American. Mm-hmm. You're not even a McDonald's.
4: But yeah, because you you see you champion the mid the low major the mid majors right you're a champion an absolute champion of, of these type of schools and programs which is fine you love seeing the blue bloods lose you love seeing go Goli- you you love seeing goliath lose you love it i noticed that. I, love,
5: I love the right pack 12 too just not the pack 12 that you like
4: <laughs> but let me ask you this say we're talking fit right so say you're or, you know, top level high school kid projected to go pretty high in the draft. You decided to pick a college. You go to a college that doesn't utilize you the right way. Do you stick it out at that college or do you risk bouncing? Although, you know, you haven't been utilized the right way. So your draft stock isn't where where it has been, but you really don't see or feel like this situation is going to be conducive for you in the future. Do you, do you stay do you suck it up and say hey I believe in myself. We got some guys leaving. We got you know several seniors in my up ahead of me are graduating. Do you stay or do you bounce to the league or do you transfer and spend another year in college to show sort of the promise and reach that potential that people had you projected as before you spent this year.
5: That's a tough decision. Because if you leave? You got to go to the right spot. Got to. And if you stay things have to change. And how because- you know what I'm saying? Like, how are you playing? How is the coach using you? Like, it's tough because if you're thinking you're going to come in and do this and it, and it hasn't materialized, so you're going to be feeling some type of way. You just are. And so you're coming back. You got to let go of that. Are you going to be able to let go of that? And if you leave, man, it has to work if you leave. You got to pick the right spot. So it's like it's, it's 50-50. It's like, man, you got you to gotta, you gotta have some – that's where it comes down to having some hard conversations.
4: Yeah. I think there was a time where, you know, players like that would have stuck it out, would have stayed. Hey, you started finish what you started. You know, I think that this time of basketball life that 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 doesn't happen anymore. Players are ready to bounce. Players just ready to capitalize on the next situation that gets them going as quickly as possible. There's no reason to toil in some bullshit crap that isn't conducive to your game or highlighting your game. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I no, get
5: that's that. All. That's all. That's okay. all. You just got to, I mean, just like you said, you got to be surrounded by people that know the game, know the landscape, um, have real relationships with assistant coaches, the head coaches, yeah. you know, have yeah. real trust.
4: Let's touch on that for a second. What, we talked about the relationships with the coaches, and I think it was you that tweeted out the other day, uh, find you an assistant coach that talks, speaks up on you to the head coach or
5: Oh, I said. I said some assistant coaches will only ride for you in meetings if they recruited you. And Jay Hart said, "Man, that's why you can't send your kids to Buster." <laughs> and it was like, I agree. I usually don't fall into that. I don't. I don't. I don't usually have that problem because I am like selective on who I would like to rock with for that those reasons. But there is true, you know. Um, some coaches only ride. There's a lot of programs that have staffs that are uh, my guy so like I'm only writing for my guy who I recruited because I got to go back to that same AAU program and answer the call so like I'm only you know what I mean and so when you have that on some staffs then it, it can get tricky oh
4: so to be cl- so to be clear this allegiance to players now it becomes based on the pipeline right the lifeblood of this particular assistant coach's job because he has yeah. a plug with say DC assault and so, if he doesn't, he doesn't. This one guy is coming from DC Assault, and if he doesn't treat a DC Assault guy right, he ain't never getting another dude. And they got some twenty twenty sevens that are off the chain. And so, is that how it goes, Clint? I need That's to.
5: <laughs> and I'm a, I'm an independent guy, yeah. and so it's like, you know, like oh, we don't got no loyalty to him. Word. That's why you got to have your sweet spot, your program that you really rock with, and you got to like you 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 got you you got to maintain that and, and keep them close. That's what that comes down to. Like, as an independent guy, I'm not sending no player. I'm not, like, I'm not sending no player to a school that has an AAU coach on the staff or has multiple players from the AAU program. That's just that's just not smart.
4: So you really look at it that way. So when you're talking, when you mention roster breakdown, because this is going to be a, a very informative segment on the show, you're talking about not only who this guy is, how he played last year, etc. cetera. You're going back to AAU. You want to know... Who is this dude affiliated with on staff in the politics? So that's how.
5: (laughs) what I say. It's deeper than rap. (laughs) Hey, it is like, I'm not getting, I'm not getting caught up in that because some, they got to go back to some, they got multiple players or they've had multiple players in the past in certain places that you knew, you know what it, you know what it is. Like, I like to feel like I've had a lot of success with guys at, at San Diego state. And so, if I have a guy that's a, like a dude along the lines of Kawhi and Jamal and Jalen McDaniels, like, you know, like they're going to, that's like, that's a, that's a good spot. Like, we've had prior success and I got a good relationships with the coaches. And so, that's how the game works. You know, like, that's just the game is the game, man. And the, the, the sooner that you're real with yourself about wh- how this thing goes, um, you, could, you could probably, as I like to say, save a basketball life.
4: I think that people in general don't really kind of grasp or digest or even think that far, ex- except the the really high level elite kind of basketball hoop heads. And they're all around. There's plenty of them and they know. But like to the regular, you know, like say, for instance, people listening to this show, they're, they typically won't have that type of idea that that's how things work or that's those are factors that they should consider. If they had a child that was looking to go uh, play on the next level everything, KJ. Yeah.
5: Everything on the table, bro.
4: Yeah.
5: Everything in the meetings, the conversations before, you know, the commitment takes place and the kids like, okay, this is where I'm going. Like all the hard questions got to be answered. Got to be asked. Yeah. You know, that's why it goes back to honesty at the front door. Cause now, you know, there's some people that are watching this show. People know me on, from Twitter. People know me in the basketball world. Some people love me. Some people don't like me. I'm outspoken. I'm opinionated. If I don't like something, I'm going to speak on it. But I tell people, we get to school, we're going to act right, we're going to go to class, and we're going to work hard.
4: Yeah.
5: Easy. Because they're going to be, first and foremost. I'm not riding for nothing just to be riding for something. Like, you're lazy, you're not doing You got to do your part. There's accountability on all ends. We can't. What is this? What is this? We're not. We're not doing the dictatorship. I'm gonna hold the kid accountable. Nobody's going to hold me accountable. Come on now. We're not doing that. Accountability is 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 all the way around. You know, and so that's where that's where a lot of this, you know, you see it it sucks because you see a lot of kids that, you know, you don't take some of these stuff we're talking to in consideration. And then you get to a school and it's like you feel like you were led on. You know, and this is serious because this is like people, this ain't no this ain't no game.
4: All your eggs <laughs> is in that
5: basket. Yeah. yeah this ain't no game. Everybody's talking, it's just a game.
4: Not my life.
5: No. <laughs> no, this ain't no, 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 I just seen what that round ball then did for multiple players.
4: Facts.
5: I just seen what the round ball up close did for Kawhi Leonard. Generations and generations have changed in his family because of this round ball. Tony Snell, generations to generation, like, he got his pet family out the hood. For real, for real. And it's mo- many kids like him. Jamal Franklin, like, you know, single moms that are out here grinding, working multiple jobs to keep the lights on type stuff. Like, nah, this ain't no, nah. They're, they're, those parents, their babies changed their life forever. Their, their feet are kicked up. They ain't working no more.
4: There's business. <laughs>
5: Serious, this ain't no game, bro. Like, what you talking about? Like, you over here lying to yourself? Like, boy, you better stop. See how much money the Clippers are worth? <laughs> Facts. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what? Facts. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, come on now. Like, but it's all about being put in the situation, and it starts in high school. Then it goes to college. You know, like you were, like you coached on the JBA. Like you were up close with the whole. The ball situation, you've been rocking with the balls forever. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people had different opinions of LeVar and hit the way he, you know, I always say everyone, everyone can't be LeVar because everyone don't got LaMelo, Lonzo, and Jello, number one. <laughs> but if you, if, you, like, if you just take some things away from how he did coach his kids and how he raised them as basketball players, like, like we got to see that part, obviously. Like the most important thing he did with Lamelo was he always protected his mental. Yeah. You know, he never let nobody mess with his mental. And now you see that now. Now you see, and this is what you're getting. Remember when everybody was like the shot selection is he can't be doing that. Like he can't be shooting all. He can't be shooting those deep threes. Yeah. He's he's playing so free. Like he needs to tighten up. <laughs> oh, okay. Tighten up. Second year All Star game. Cut it please, out,
4: please. Tighten
5: that up. Tighten that up. <laughs> his, dad was, his dad was not rolling for no funnies. None. His dad was not rolling for no funnies. Like, he, he, he basically pulled him out of school as a junior because he was like, no, not rolling with how the coach is trying to coach my son. Like, nope, this isn't going to work. Like, I know what I have. And he always said it. Like, he stood on that. And it, that confidence, man, when you, have a, when you have somebody that's talented, that's skilled, and that's confident –
4: over, all come on. Over. Daddy ball is approved. <laughs> I'm rolling with daddy ball. Okay, <laughs>
5: daddy ball is approved. It is approved. you told Jay Crow that. Like, what are you talking about?
4: Daddy ball is all good. Dog. Are you kidding me? Jay right. Crow,
5: don't let society try to knock you off your pivot and think that you yeah. like, no, sir, now,
4: don't be influenced by that. Don't <laughs> be listening to these people. <laughs> Please, if imagine if LeVar would have listened, heck no, man, heck no. <laughs> Uh, but brother, man, I appreciate your time today, my man. We gotta run. Um, can't wait to. Okay. No doubt, man. I can't wait till we jump off on March Madness, man. As soon as that tournament right. hit, man, we will be going live. We will be recording pods. Huh?
5: Are you going to patch all tournament next week?
4: Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna go out there for a couple of days. You going?
5: Yeah, I'll be there. I'm gonna pull up on you.
4: All right, perfect, Clint. Where can the people find you and connect with you on Twitter?
5: Um. Clint, what am I? I don't don't even know what my um oh what is what is my
4: Um, handle? Let me find it for you. My bad. (laughs) You can find Clint on Twitter at Clint Parks05. At Clint Parks Zero Five on Twitter. My man, thank you so much for your time, brother. And I'll see you real soon.
2: All right, Sounds good, brother.
3: Visit livenation.com/concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul. 41, 30 seconds to Mars. Oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
2: Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
0: A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes.
2: Wait. Did we just invent California?
0: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. <laughs> With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual.